Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. King's Dream Entertainment. Ruslan. Let's be honest. When we look around the world, there is a lot of fear-mongering going on. Everyone is trying to scare you with the new boogeyman concept about why the world is going to end tomorrow, while the church is going to collapse, why this is going to be terrible, why that's going to be terrible. And hey, listen, there's a lot of scary things out there. But what I want to do on this video is bring us back to the basics of what following Jesus is. And then you decide... After you watch the entire video, I'm just going to cover a lot of scripture today. I know I know sometimes it's not super sexy to just go by verse, verse by verse through the Bible on YouTube. I wish I would have had a cool current event to tie this in. Maybe more people would will be watching this. But nevertheless, I think the people that are watching this are supposed to watch this. I'm just going to go through a ton of scriptures about the very basics of what it means to follow Jesus and then let you decide what is the biggest threat to Christianity, to the spread of the message of Jesus, and, and 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 to ultimately people hearing about Jesus in a way where they surrender their lives, lay down their lives, pick up their cross, and follow him uh, with, with all passion and zeal. So let's talk about the main thing. What is the main thing of following Jesus? Not doctrinally, because we've done multiple videos on that. What do you have to believe to be in? We like okay, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Uh, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, Ephesians chapter two, John chapter three, right? Uh, Titus chapter three. What are those things that we need to believe? Okay, so this is going to be less about believing what things we need to believe. I think those things are fairly clear. Jesus is God. Jesus rose from the dead bodily, right? That there is a God. That the Bible is the inspired word of God. So on and so forth. Faith, uh, salvation is by grace through faith alone. That stuff. I feel like it's pretty self evident when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first creed, when you look at John 3, and uh, when you look at Ephesians 2, what, what salvation is, I think those things are pretty, pretty straightforward. We're going to talk about what is the most important thing from a behavior standpoint, right? So this is going to be about behavior, not just belief, because I think the belief is pretty straightforward, I think if we're honest. So let's look into the behavior standpoint. Basically, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So what are those commands? Let's look at it. This is Matthew 22. But then, but when the Pharisee heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. So this is... Somebody that's asking Jesus, that's a, uh, they're, they're an expert in the law. It says they're a lawyer. That means they're, they're an expert in their law at their time. And in verse 36, he says, teacher, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is the moral law of God. This is, this is the, the Jewish ways that uh, God interacted with his people. And, and this is important, right? What is the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing about the law? And we all know this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should know this. If you're not a follower of Jesus, it's fine, right? But if you're a follower of Jesus, you should know this. And he said, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
on these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. Okay? All the law and all the prophets. So he's basically summarizing the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. He's basically summarizing everything there is to do, to know, to behave in these two things. Okay? The, the, the first thing is love God with all your heart. Okay, the, the, the thing that drives you, the trajectory of your heart, the trajectory of your life, okay, with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your understanding. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Let's go to another passage. First John chapter four, verse seven. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Okay, God is love. We are called to love, so on and so forth. Okay, by the way, love is not God. God is love, meaning the world's definition of love is not God. God is love. Love is not God. Okay, so the world's definition of love is not what we're going off of. We're going off of God's definition of love. This is saying, hey, anyone who does not love, verse 8, does not know God because God is love. In this, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So he's saying, look, the most important thing is love. And to demonstrate that it's about love, God does a loving uh, a loving act. God sends his son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Okay, it's not that we loved God first, it's, got, it's, it's that God loved us first and he did something about it. So this entire thing of following Jesus, this entire thing of being a Christian, a disciple, is going all the way down to love. It's all about loving people. Why? Because God loved people. Because God steps in and loves people. Beloved, verse 11, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I know, I know, I know this is basic. I know this is basic, but, but let's just, let's just keep going. Okay. So let's go over to Galatians chapter five, Galatians chapter five. This is written to the church in Galatia, and this is talking about them getting uh, tangled up back into following the Jewish customs. What happened in this context, and you can read about it in Acts 15 and really go deep. What happened was there were Gentiles getting saved, and then there were Jewish uh, Gentiles, uh, Jewish Christians who were oppressing the Gentiles by making them follow the Jewish customs, the Jewish laws. And Paul says in verse Galatians 5, verse uh, 13, 513 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Okay, so there's a freedom that the Gentiles had. They didn't have to follow all the Old Testament commandments, all the 613 commands, right? But he's saying, don't use that as an opportunity for the flesh. There's still an expectation for your moral conduct. You still got to live a way where you're not in bondage to sin, right? And he says, verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. For the whole law, for all that God did that was a foreshadowing of Jesus to come, all that law in the Old Testament, is, is the whole thing is fulfilled in one, one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then he says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So this is Paul now echoing Jesus in verse 22. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Interesting. Okay. And I got, and I got one last one, which is uh, John 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, if you, if you, if you have love for one another. This is how you will know. This is how you will know that, that you are my disciples. This is how people will know that we are followers of Jesus is if we have love for one another. Okay. So, so the logical conclusion, the logical question may be, well, what is love? We're going to, we're going to get into that. But so far, if we're talking about the main thing, what is the main thing about our behavior? What is the number one thing that Christians should look like when it's different to the world? What is that thing? It's about a love for God with our heart, our mind, our soul, our emotions, our entire being. And it's about a love for our neighbor, loving them as ourselves, doing onto others the way we would have them do onto us. This is actually very simple, friends. This is very simple because you're going to have different camps that are going to take their theological slant, their thing that they're passionate about, and they're going to elevate it as a major thing. And sometimes when we elevate that thing as a major thing, whatever you want it to be, whatever issue you want to be, a Bible translation, a certain type of experience, a certain type of head knowledge, certain type of uh, theology, a certain type of this, a certain type of that, right? When you, when you, when you elevate it, to the place of a major, you then get in the way of what is the major thing of being a follower of Jesus, which is love, to love God and to love one another. That is what's supposed to make us look different. That is how we're supposed to be distinguished from the world. That is how we're supposed to be distinguished from other faiths. That is how we're, that is, that is the, 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 the variable that makes us different. So what is love? Okay, thought you'd never ask. Now, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, check this out. 1 Corinthians is a brilliant book. 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing this worldly, just wild church in Corinth. It's a lot similar to, to, I would say, what we're going through here today, right? And there was all kinds of wild stuff going on. And he's writing them, and this was, this was just like a, a church that was just having problems, right? But in 1 Corinthians 12, we see that they're, they're really excited about all these spiritual gifts. There's all these spiritual gifts. They want to talk about spiritual gifts, spiritual weeks. So 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is giving them some guidelines for uh, spiritual gifts. And in 1 Corinthians 14, he's also talking about spiritual gifts. But th- those two chapters are sandwiched with this chapter in 13. And we, we know this, if you've been to a wedding, odds are, or a Christian wedding, odds are, they've read this passage, right? But what you don't know is that this is specifically to the church. This is specifically to believers about what is the main thing. And he describes it. He makes it very clean. Check this out. First Corinthians chapter 13. I know there's a lot of scripture here, okay? Just, just bear with me. First Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That boom, shout out to all the Pentecostals, all the charismatics. There's your verse, <laughs> right? There's your verse. If you can speak in tongues, if you can speak different languages, if you can speak in those, but you don't have love. If I do all the tongues in the world, I speak in tongues, by the way, but I don't have love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith 
And if I have, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains but not have love, I am nothing. If I have the best theology and I can understand all the mysteries and I can give you the 25 points of Calvinism and the thousand points of all these different things, but I don't under, but I don't have love. If I can give you all these nuances and all these different positions on theology and all these different translations, but I don't have love, I have nothing. Okay, I have nothing. Okay, if you have faith, man, I just got faith. I'm a prayer warrior. I just love to pray. Okay, faith to move mountains, he says, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but not have love, I gain nothing. If I'm super duper generous, and I'm just going to take on the poverty gospel mentality, I'm just going to give all my money away. I'm going to give it all away. I'm going to just sacrifice my body. I'm going to beat my body in submission, discipline, discipline, give, 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 generosity, generosity, serve, serve, serve. But I have not love. I gain nothing. Okay. This It's like Paul prophetically wrote, knowing that this is like the church in America was going to, was going to hear this and read this. Right, like, like, like he's talking to us. Like every single camp is just like he's just unloading the clip. Right, then he goes on to say, and he gives us a beautiful definition. And he says, "Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not insist. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful." What are we supposed to be known by? What is the number one thing Christians are supposed to be known by? Love. Love. That is what we're supposed to be known by. by they, the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. The world, non-Christians, will know we belong to Jesus by our love for one another. Jesus said the greatest command is to love God. Then he said, second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So, so, so love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or does not boast. It is not arrogant. Does your faith look like that? Does the camp you identify with look like that? Does your church look like that? Do the things you find value in as a Christian reflect that passage right there? (laughs) It is not arrogant or rude, or is it the opposite? It does not insist on its own way. Ooh, he's going in. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. When a famous Christian leader falls, it doesn't rejoice at that. Even if they're in a different opposing theological camp, it doesn't find joy in that, but rejoices with the truth. Okay? So so does your framework and your theology and the way you follow Jesus and the things that you believe about God, are they patient, kind, do they not envy and boast? Is it not arrogant? Okay? Is it not arrogant? Is it not irritable or resentful? Okay? So I don't, listen, I don't need to make a video about every single camp that I may have an issue with or every single person that I may have an issue with or an issue with me. Let's just go to the scriptures. What do the scriptures say? That's, that's what it says, right? So, so Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. The people that you follow, the people that you engage with, the people that you're consumed with, the churches, the camps, the theological stance, what do they look like? Right? What do they look like? Okay? It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And then, and then it goes on to verse 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies... They will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. 
As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Okay? The greatest of these is love. Okay? So there's a lot of people out here who are playing heresy hunter. There's a lot of people out here who are going at every single camp under the sun. There's a lot of people out here who want to tell you everything that's wrong with every other Christian group. There's a lot of people out here that are completely cool with being known primarily by the things they're against instead of being known by the things they're for. Okay? So, to me, what is the biggest threat to Christianity? What is the biggest thing that's hurting the church right now? It's that we don't major in the majors and we minor. We take the minors and we make a major. We take we take these secondary things and we make them primary things. Okay? When the scriptures are clear, are clear. So you need to decide who is in Christendom today that's projecting this. Who is taking every little issue and making it a massive issue? Who is fear-mongering to you? Who is, is stirring you to be afraid instead of stirring you on to love? Who is encouraging you to love your neighbor as yourself and who's being irritable and envious and mean and arrogant? Okay, Who is being charitable and believing the best about people they disagree with and who is consistently creating ad hominem attacks, misrepresenting other people's atten- uh, positions? Okay, See, see, we think, and, I, and, and this is shout out to the, home, to, to the home, homegirl Jackie Hill Perry. She had a quote and she says, we think that false teaching is only, is only an all uh, a prosperity gospel. That's it. That we just like define false teachers. False teachers just prosperity guys. We just define prosperity people and, and, and some of them folks over there. That's, that's, false, that's false teaching. That's it. That's it. We forget when people take and, 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 and put in their own meaning to the scriptures about a variety of issues. And the giveaway sign, the tail giveaway sign is what are they stirring you on towards? What are they stirring you on to? Are they stirring you on to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God? Are they stirring you on to something else? That is the quantifiable difference, friends. That is how you can determine what's what and who's who and who's really about it and who's really who's really with the Spirit of Jesus. Because again, if we go back to 1 John chapter 4, it's clear. Like this stuff is so clear. It's so simple. It's so simple. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God. And anyone who does not love does not know God. Okay. There's a lot of people out here, you know, false teachers, false prophets, pretty straightforward if they're loving or not. When we're looking at the biblical definition of how Christians are supposed to act. Okay. In the midst of, and and in, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his son, sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is, in, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected. By this, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us 
because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love, by this is by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is also, we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. If someone is preaching fear-mongering to you, if someone is preaching fear, 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 be afraid, be scared, everything is about to collapse, the world's coming to an end, it's all going to end, the church is going to collapse, they're coming to get you, they want to kill you, right? They haven't been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has seen. And his commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. I think the scriptures are simple. I think it's very, I think it's very, very, very simple. I think it's very straightforward. Okay? And I get accused a lot of, Ruslan, you play the fence on issues. No, 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 friends. I just keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. Loving like Jesus is the main thing. Following Jesus is the main thing. Loving my neighbor as myself is the main thing. That's the main thing, okay? And you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I becoming more loving? Am I more loving today than I was a year ago? Am I more loving today than I was six months ago? Are you growing in love? Or are you growing in hostility, in anger, in rage, in divisiveness, in pride, needing to always know it all. This part right here in First Corinthians chapter, chapter three, man. Oh gosh, this is such a this is such this should be a convicting message for all of us, guys. It does not insist on its own way. It does not insist on its own way. Are you always insisting on your own way? Are you always insisting on having to always be right? on having to shame everybody else that disagrees with you. I had my brother uh, Joseph Solomon on here a while ago. Joseph Solomon and Preston Perry were like one of the first brothers that gave me interviews before this channel was really popping. And you guys should really go back and watch that interview with, with Joseph Solomon. And we talked about this, this whole notion and this whole thing of people who are deconstructing their faith, people who are, uh, you know, going through this crisis of faith, right? And, and what they said was, what they said, what he said to me was, he said, he, he said, I travel a lot, right? He said, I travel a lot. He goes on tour a lot. And Joseph Solomon and him, I mean, they were, they were, before the pandemic, they were getting it. They was going on international tours, going to Africa, going to all over the world, right? And he said, what I realized, he said, if I want to travel long, right? Sometimes these flights are 20 hours long and you got to get on the connecting flight, right? He said, if I want to travel long, I got to travel light. He said, I can't bring 25 carry-ons and have the luggage and have this and have that. He said, he said, I have to travel light. If you want to travel long, you got to travel light. So he learned to travel with just a backpack and everything that he needs in that backpack. And he made it work. And I adopted that as someone that travels for the pandemic. 
I said, man, I'm not, I'm not checking luggage. I'm not bringing a, a massive, what is the biggest bag I could bring with me as a carry-on? That's what I used to do, right, as on an airplane. What's the biggest bag I could bring with me on a carry-on? I said, you know what? I got to start traveling light. And he, and he paralleled that to his theology. He said, if you want to walk with God for a long time, you got to travel light with your theology. If you want to walk with God for decades, you can't add a whole bunch of other things to your theology and all these other things that you then equate as main essential doctrines and main essential beliefs, okay? So if you want to travel long, you got to travel light. What do I mean by that? My theology is a simple theology, and I'm open to all kinds of other things. I could be wrong on a variety. I got some ideas. I got some opinions. I'm certain of a couple of things. When you meet people and you watch people on this channel that are certain about everything, they got an answer for every question. They, they, they know everything about everything, right? And there's no humility. There's, there's no uncertainty. They're certain about everything. Friends, that is fundamentalism. That is not what Jesus says we should be known by. Jesus didn't say, and they will, they will know you are my disciples by your certainty on everything under the sun. Never said that. You, they will know that you are followers of mine by, by your ability to memorize your camp's doctrine. He never said that. He said, they, they the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Okay? By your love for one another. So it may seem glamorous and may seem puffed up. And the people that, are, that may come on and be very certain about all these different things and be very confident in the way they present, in the way they present these things. And they're just so certain. And they got the charisma and they got the charm and they got, and they got the humor, right? And it's easy to build a platform that way. By the way, that's the part we, we, we get confused about. When you're watching stuff on here, the person with the most radical, outlandish thing to say usually is going to be the person that gets a lot of steam. The person that pl plays heresy hunter is going to be the person that, 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 that gets the, the, the biggest traction early on. Because we all like to see a fight. We all like to see the debauchery. And now we could kind of do it with Christian content. Ooh, he's going to call out this guy over here who I saw this one 30-second clip where he says something wild and he's going to go ahead. That, that's, that's, a, that's a cheap and easy way. Way to build a platform but it's effective it's so effective so as as you guys are enjoying this entire youtube space filter this through what are people stirring you on to what are people stirring you on to are they stirring you on to love god and to love people it's simple to me the gospel is simple love god love people that's it that's it it's very simple it's very simple to me and and, and i carry a light theology i carry a very simple theology I got a couple things I'm fairly certain of. Jesus really came. Jesus really lived. Jesus really died, bodily died. He literally rose, bodily rose. Okay? He, 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 he inspired this incredible book, this, this not even a book, a collection of writing, and this, and this incredible merge, as, as Tim Mackey would describe it, uh, of this paradox where it's like man and God intertwined to write these scriptures, these inspired scriptures, right? That, that, that you could see the personality of Paul in his writing, but it's also inspired by God, right? That the Bible is inspired according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, right? I keep a very simple theology, Right. All this other stuff, you know, uh, determinism, predestination, all, all this other stuff, covenantalism, um, uh, uh, the, uh, I, there's just so many different terms. 
so many different terms, post-millennialism, presuppositionalism, all these different ideas. And I'm like, fam, but do you love your neighbor? But do you love your neighbor? How do you speak well of people you, how do you speak of people you disagree with? Do you slander them and misrepresent their points of views? Do you, do you create a caricature of them? Or do you, or, or are you charitable with them? Right? Because no one has perfect theology. Myself included. I say this all the time. I might, I might say something on a video this week and six months from now disagree with it and be like, oh man, I, I'm, I got more information. I changed my mind. Right? So just be mindful of this, man. Because, because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of preachers, there's a lot of uh, influencers, Christian YouTubers, Christian, they're, they're, they're just so certain about so many things and they're confident in that, and that alpha bravado is attractive and you're like, yeah, I want that. Right? And it's like, fam, but is that what Jesus said we should look like? Is that what Jesus said we should look like? So, those are my thoughts on this thing. Hopefully you found this valuable and you need to go in and determine and think through this stuff. And, and now you have a filter. Now you have some degree. And again, we know this stuff. Like I'm not telling you, most of you guys have read these passages dozens. I'm not telling you some, anything new. I'm just saying, hey, in the grand scheme of everything we talk about here, what's the main thing? And are we keeping the main thing? Are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? And if you are, praise God. Incredible. Amen. Amen. Just make sure you're keeping the main thing, the main thing. And, 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 and if you want to consume voices that are experts in this, cool, just, just be filtering it through this. Is there a, a fear behind what they're saying? Are they trying to stir you to be afraid? Is there an otherizing and a misrepresentation? Or is it kind and patient and loving? Okay, so those are my thoughts. Let me know what y'all think. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show and I'm going to keep it that way. But what you can do to keep it sponsor free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me, best way to hop into a group Zoom call, and the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.